This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Like nothing you have ever heard before. It's a tough room. It's the place to be. Thrive to survive. It's Taz. It's the Moose. It's CBS Sports Radio. One, two, three. You know it's every day. Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport. You know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL to college games. They always bringing the knowledge. Nobody ever could try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth. Only be talking the truth. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. And CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. As we continue to run around NFL training camps, let's welcome board right now. A very good linebacker in his day, and that is Ben Lieber, a former Vikings linebacker, currently a Vikings radio analyst, joins us now, has joined us before. Hey, Ben, hopefully the summer's going well for you. Training camps are here. Taz and the Moose, and thanks for the time this morning. Ben, what's up? Not much, guys. How you guys doing? We're doing well, Ben. We're doing well, and, you know, it's good to have uh, training camps back in the fold, no? It is. I mean, football's right around the corner. Uh, I know we had... uh, some version of football last <laughs> night. I'm not, I'm not sure what you call it, but uh, it, is, it, is, it is the uh, the start to the NFL season. I think everybody's excited about it. Uh, it's going to go all the way through February, and I can't wait. Uh, hey, Ben, so let me ask you, let's speak on, on the Vikes here, on the Vikings. A, l- a little more comfortable, would you say, in camp uh, this time around, considering they don't have as big as a target per, target per se on their back as, as opposed to last season? Yeah, I think so. I think you you feel a sense of more just business like atmosphere. I think they all understand that they were they did not live up to ex- expectations last year, and you know nobody's nobody really around the national uh, scene is saying all oh, the the Vikings are the, the sleeper pick for the Super Bowl and all this right. other stuff like they were saying last year. And there's a lot of guys that sort of admitted at the end of the season that yeah, we felt that we uh, they I think they. They uh, came into the season a little too high on the horse, and they maybe didn't work on a day-to-day basis like they should. And and they they sort of felt like people were crowning them, and they and they believed in that a little bit. So I think that's been a point of emphasis all off season with Coach Zimmer is just you know stay focused on today, don't worry about anything else, and and you can feel that at training camp right now. Yeah, and 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 certainly, what about year two here? You mentioned all the hype a year ago. A lot of it had to do with the Vikings finally got their quarterback right, and Kirk Cousins. What about Cousins year two in a in a, in a purple uniform? You know, it's been funny because he's had this sort of renaissance feel in the off season where he's been very um, vulnerable and and open to the media about who he is and how people view him and. You know, he said he basically is saying like I'm going to make a concerted effort to kind of change people's perception of 
of who he is as a player. And I think it's been a really um, interesting and honest and sort of probably, you know, individually emotional experience this whole offseason of him just letting everybody in to, to see who he really is. He's coming out of a shell a little bit. Um, I don't think that he's as sort of robotic in his approach. And these are all things that, that he's identified himself. And I think it's been really refreshing to see how he's handled the, the media this offseason, his approach to the game this offseason. And, you know, for the for the practices that I've been at, I mean, he's just been dealing awesome you know, mm. balls down the field to tight ends, and he's spreading the ball around a little bit more. So uh, he definitely looks a lot more comfortable. Well, speaking of that, with Cousins, you know, uh, and talking about tight ends, so Kyle Rudolph, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, is that chemistry there? I mean, you know, Cousins admitted the other day, uh, chemistry wasn't really there last season. Would you would you see Ben as far as looking at these guys on the field throwing the ball to each other, uh, throwing the ball to uh, to Rudolph and stuff like that, and on patterns he was running? Yeah, you know, I will say about last year. I know that Kirk has sort of taken a lot of that on a, that on himself, but I kind of think with the offensive coordinator change and all this other stuff, the, they didn't have an identity. And yes, I think there are times where he he sort of forgot about getting the ball to the tight ends. But I also think that they were struggling a little bit to figure out who they really were on offense. The running game just wasn't there with Dalvin Cook missing a a bunch of games. And even when he came back, I don't think he was truly, truly healthy. Um, And then uh, DiFilippo gets let go. And then I think there was a lot of turmoil with the offensive line, especially with Sperano passing away right before training camp. Um, So it's a little – I know he's been a little hard on himself, like he didn't identify the tight ends a lot last year, but for whatever the case may be, they are definitely doing that this year. And I think I get the sense that drafting Irv Smith did light a little bit of a fire under Kyle Rudolph, and Kyle looks to be a little bit more slimmed down, a little leaner going into camp, and he has been nearly uncoverable. Um, I haven't seen a linebacker really cover him. Uh, He's gotten Harrison Smith a couple times, and that's a hard thing to do. And really, he just looks so much more comfortable, and there's an ease to his his route running. That's uh, really uh, being productive so far in training camp. So, whether it's Herb Smith or or Conklin or Rudolph, the tight ends really have been uh, kind of the stars of camp. We're talking to Ben Lieber, former uh, Vikings linebacker, current uh, color analyst. Uh, ben, how about the offensive line? Um, you know, which was a tad of an issue a year ago. What about that group? That five in front. You know, Cook has got to stay healthy, run the football. You mentioned more, maybe a leaner and a little motivated Kyle Rudolph. We know what the playmakers you have on the outside, quarterback. But what about the offensive line, big guys up front? It's always hard to tell at this point in camp, but they. They seem to have a lot more confidence. Um, I think starting out on the on the very right hand side, Brian O'Neill was a, a surprise guy that because of injury to step in last year, they, they didn't think when they drafted him that he was going to be injected right in the starting lineup. Uh, they thought maybe he'd kind of take this little red shirt year and add some weight. But man, that that kid has just a, a great attitude. He loves football. He's one of these guys that just wants to get his hands dirty, and he's just kind of grimy. He did add some weight this this off season, um, and he's very athletic. And that goes all the way down the the, the line. Josh Klein kind of fits exactly what they're looking for at right guard. Obviously, they get Bradbury, and that's kind of a two for one deal because they get him, and then they move Elfine to left guard. Um, and I just think with with that whole setup and the way they sort of operate, 
with Bradbury being what a 24 year old rookie and being very mature. Kirk Cousins already said that he's just blown away with how how he approaches the game. He doesn't seem like a rookie. He seems like he's been a starter in this league already. Um, you know, out of OTAs, Cal Rudolph was saying that Bradbury had the had the best camp of any offensive player. Mm. Um, so, I think that there is um, some chemistry, a solidarity, and I think an identity with this offensive line. They get in and out of the huddle quickly, efficiently, and all the guys uh, just. I think they're just tough. You know, this is all just in the, and with one draft pick and one free agent pickup, all of a sudden this offensive line seems like they're sort of an intimidating force. And, uh, and I love to see it. That's awesome. Uh, ben, so you mentioned Dalvin Cook for a second there. So let me ask you, like, and you've seen him in camp and stuff like that as of recent. I mean, you think the Vikings and Vikings fans should have a little concern being that Cook, you know, Cook's injuries in the past and stuff like that. I mean, uh, how do you feel he's looking right now? Uh, what, what, you know, break him down for what you've seen of him at camp thus far. You know, he's he's looked great. I mean, I think this system, it's really interesting because we're, we're all speculating what the system's going to be like with Kevin Stefanski. Is it going to be the zone scheme primarily? Is it going to be a lot of cutback runs? Is it going to be a little bit of two-back? And uh, and I've seen sort of all of it. You know, I'm, I'm surprised to see that this offense is going a lot of fullback with C.J. Ham, um, <clears throat> a lot of two tight end sets and sort of power run football, but also doing a lot of cutback stuff. And and they've even talked about publicly that Dalvin's a guy that is not just going to fit into one system. They think that he can run his own scheme because he plays with great vision. Uh, he's notoriously good at at finding and creating space when there doesn't look like there's a hole. Uh, we've seen him do that a bunch of times in, in his time here. And he also has the ability to run right behind a fullback and be patient, wait for blocks to be set up, and then just kind of burst through the line. So they feel like a healthy Dalvin Cook really gives this offense a ton of flexibility, a ton of versatility. And, you know, he looks just as fast and just as strong as he always has been. Um, but that's the the number one thing is, can he stay healthy for 16 games? And, and I don't think that anybody – thinks that he's going to be playing every every game of the regular season. I think that 14 games, if we can get a good quality 14 games out of him, that'll be a success. Um, ben, uh, the defense here, because, you know, Taz and I last year were, you know, doing our thing, free agency begins, Anthony Barr agrees to join the Jets and then doesn't officially sign the deal. They were in a verbal agreement. Then all of a sudden Anthony Barr is returning uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and decided not to sign that contract with the Jets and, and gets a, spank, a spanking new deal with Minnesota. What transpired? I mean, being around the team, knowing Anthony, you know, what led, you know, I know he addressed it, but, you know, kind of the way that all went down and what Anthony Barr means to that Vikings defense. Well, Anthony, at the end of last year, up to the last five games of the season, I mean, looked like an all-pro. Uh, the, the way he was playing, uh, they got him – Going downhill a little bit more, um, less in space, and and Mike Zimmer even sort of admitted that it's taken a while for him to to get a true sense of the type of player that he is. And I think they really started to dial in his true role at the end of last season. And he was just physical. Um, he takes on blocks. He does a lot of things, getting after the quarterback and and things of that nature. So if they can take what they did at the last end of last season and apply that this season, I think he's going to have a tremendous year. But as far as who he is and, and coming back to the team and kind of turning his back on the Jets, you know, he's a quiet guy, but he's very cerebral. Um, he knows 
what's going to make him happy. And being in a system that he started to flourish in last year, at the end of last year, having his best friend and Eric Kendricks on the team, uh, having a, a very close bond with Harrison Smith and a lot of the guys on defense, I think that he just realized that you know a couple million dollars here and there is not going to make him happy on a new team. And he admits that he doesn't think that New York's really the city for him. And um, so he, he he bought into the whole idea that the grass is not always greener and uh, and the money's not worth it. And he I think he, he feels that they've got something special with this football team, with what Zimmer's doing, with Cousins and offense and all that everything. He thinks this is going to be a team that's going to compete. And I, I just don't think that he got that sense with the Jets. And uh, even though it was a couple million dollars difference, um, he's willing to make that sacrifice to, to win. Hey, Ben, what about – you mentioned Zimmer, you know, head coach Mike Zimmer. Is he under the gun right now with the offense, in your opinion, like considering – you know, you mentioned before about some of the offensive assistants that are gone and stuff like And he's a defensive guy, obviously. But, you know, is there more stress under him or has he got more pressure on him? I know obviously all these head coaches have a lot of pressure on him. I know that. But, you know what I mean? Like speak on that if you don't mind a little bit about Zimmer. Sure. You know – I think the reality is is what it is. I mean, this is a team that invested $84 million in a quarterback. They felt like he was the, the last missing piece. And Zim has put together great defenses when he's been here. Um, and it has equated in a lot of playoff wins and long, and, and long runs in the postseason or even appearance in the Super Bowl, which was what everybody was thinking. So, of course, I mean, the, I, I got to think that the whole administration is under a lot of pressure. Um, I know that they gave both – he and Spielman, there an extension onto their contracts, which, as you guys know, doesn't always mean much. It's just almost more of a just a comfort thing for the public. Um, but I think that there is a real sense of of pressure that if they don't succeed at a high high level this year, that things could go down and it's not going to be good. And I think it puts the ownership in a really tough situation because it, he's a talented coach, he's a well respected coach, but. Production is what matters, and and when you put out that much money in the in what you think is the missing link, and you don't get it done, um, people have to answer for that. So, yeah, as unfortunately as it is, because um, everybody loves what he's doing, I think he's he's the right mindset and the right coach for this fan base. Um, if they don't win this year and win at a high level, uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of tough decisions to make in the offseason. You know, Ben, um, biggest concern. Early on in camp, obviously everyone wants to stay healthy. But when you look at the positional, you know, roster depth chart of this team, mm-hmm. what's what's your biggest concern about this team? Go, uh, you know, as as camp, uh, you know, officially has opened up. Uh, two of them for me, and, and sadly they're on defense. Um, quality play at corner and depth in the secondary. Uh, Xavier Rhodes did not have a great year last year. Um, you know, I. I I think that there's this, you know, everybody loves to talk about this road to close moniker and all this other stuff, but I, I think that he's got to play more physical. He's got to get back to what he was in 2017, and uh, and he's got to step up. Trey Waynes, um, you know, last year of his contract, he's got a lot to play for, but he, he is not ex- the most consistent guy when it comes to injury. He kind of gets dinged up a little bit, um, and they don't have a, a lot of depth, so you, we worry about defensive backfield depth and then the other one to me is is three technique um right now shamar stefan who's a quality player is, is starting at three technique but i i have reservations about how he's going to hold up in the run game and linval joseph uh for whatever reason was not playing up to his his level at the end of last year was not playing physical was catching a lot of blocks 
and uh, and wasn't taking up the double teams that the linebackers want so desperately. So I think the interior of the defensive front has got to get better. And um, and the guys on the outside of the corner, they've, they've got to step up and make some plays. Uh, ben, final one, 8-7-1 a year ago. You mentioned it, you know the expectations. Maybe guys didn't do everything they needed to do to win. Now get humbled a little bit, a little disappointing. I know it's not the same. We both know it's not the same exact team. What are the expectations, though, with uh, maybe a team that's got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. You mentioned the mindset of Cousins as well. What are the expectations this year for the Vikings? What do you think they can be? Well, I've got them winning 11 games just looking at the, the schedule right now. And and I'm not trying to be a homer with that 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 record. I just I think that I do believe in what they're doing. Um, I do believe in Cousins. I believe in, in Stefanski and what he's trying to do. And and I have no doubt that Zim's going to figure out uh, all the all the issues on defense and be a top ten defense again. So my expectations, I think the team's expectations are to win a lot of football games and to make a deep run in the playoffs. And that's I, I think it's not just about winning one game in the playoffs. I think it's if they don't get to the NFC Championship game, I think that's going to feel like a big disappointment. And um, so if yes, for me it's playoffs for sure. And then how far they get in, I'm not. I'm not sure. Obviously, what they're going to do there, but I think from a fan base and from a team perspective, it's got to be at least NFC Championship game. If not, it's a, it's a major disappointment. Yeah, I mean, Ben, the, the talent is certainly there. We'll see if Cousins can lead them there. We appreciate the time this morning, the comments, and enjoy camp. Enjoy the rest of the summer before regular season football does begin. And have a great weekend. All right, Ben. Thanks a lot, Ben. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. A uh, friend of the show has joined us a number of times. Talk a little Vikings football. And, Taz, I think that's being realistic. You know, you look at the schedule, um, you know, they should be a double-digit win team. The talent is certainly there. They didn't live up to expectations a year ago. It's going to be fascinating because I, I think the I think people look at Kirk Cousins and say, yeah, he got paid, mm. right time, right place. He's not a big-game quarterback. You know, the stats will be there, but he's not really a guy that's going to, you know, overwhelm you in a particular football game. There's a lot of people that say, yeah, Cousins is good for him getting the money, but I'm not going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. It'll be interesting to see if that, if he can change that dialogue and that conversation around him this year. Well, Lord knows he's getting he's getting a boatload of money, as everybody yeah. knows. That's well documented. I, but I do think, and that's why, you know, we, we chatted with Ben for a second there about Dalvin Cook. I think he's such an important Cog in the wheel, a hell of a running back, and if he could stay healthy, I mean, he is he could change the game for for that offense, which is loaded with you know tremendous talent from you know Thielen to Diggs, he's great wide receivers and Rudolph, and now this rookie tight end Irvin Smith from Alabama, good player, tremendous. Dad was a good player in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, that's team. right. His dad was a real good player. So they, they, in that old line, I didn't know that much detail in the old line. He gave that's why we feel. had Ben on. He did. I knew about Garrett Bradbury. I knew about him. I didn't know he was. As, I didn't know he's doing this well on camp. And that's why you got to listen to Taz and Moose because we're going to bring in guests that are at these camps. And that's that's what we do. We just yeah, we just kick it. Well, it'll give you a mean, good feel. And 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 Ben said, "Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not just towing the company line here." He's like, "They're going to be a really good football team. Yeah. Um, the expectations are for them to be a really good team." And also said, "If they don't play to that level, change is going to happen after this season. So the pressure's on Mike Zimmer mm. to get the most out of this team this year." Well, I saw Mike Zimmer the other day on uh, NFL Network. He interviewed at camp, like it looks like it was in the middle of practice, and he took some time to talk to. I can't remember who the two guys were interviewing him. Were they were sitting in one of those fold-up chair gimmicks? And um, he, he uh, being being Zimmer, he seemed very relaxed, very dialed in. He see, he was having fun. He was laughing. 
Oh, dude, help me out, dude. Who's the, the receiver from the Packers that worked for NFL Network? Uh, uh, James Jones. Jones Jones. That's who it was. He say so he was joking around with him because of the Packers. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then when what's his name was at the Bengals. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, anyway, so that, they were having fun. I'm just saying. So I never see. I have never seen Zimmer loose and relaxed like that's that. That's nice. I know it's camp, but a lot of these coaches are stressed and pressured at camp. You know, it's, they're not exactly always having fun at camp. You know, because that's when you see what's going on and. So if there was any sweat coming out of Zimmer, I watched a 10, 15-minute interview with him on TV. He looked fine. But who knows? Well, that's good early on. We'll see what he does. I'm giving you reports. Yeah, I'm well, not even there, and I'm giving you reports. Well, but that's a good job by you. That's right. That's what you get when you listen to us each and every day. I'm trying 855-212-4227. No, that's it. It's exactly damn right. right. Come damn back. Right. We got the three for you on what is an action-packed Friday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. We got the three coming away here momentarily. Three biggest storylines you need to know here on this Friday morning. Good stuff there, Ben Lieber. Oh, yeah. the Vikings. Oh, Undercard yeah. coming your way later on this hour as well. Yeah. No, that's uh, yeah, just a plethora. Quick fade out. A quick uh, plethora of, uh, you know, content we give. Yes. Bits, segments. On a day-in, day-out basis. We, yeah, that's what we do. I mean, Monday Andrew, through Friday. Andrew Bogus knows us. That's why he loves being part of the show. Isn't that right, Andrew? That's on your mic. Yes. Hello? He was just relaxing yeah, for a second. Kind of reading a book. He yeah. was reading the Brody oh, account of the tweet like, again. He was oh, reading the Brody tweet. <laughs> he's like, lead me, Brody. Yeah, I could picture you, Andrew, loving Brody. Like, you just have that look like you're a Brody Von Wagner on lover. Yes. <laughs> like, go for yes. it. <laughs> go for go, it. I think go the for Mets it. are going to make the playoffs. Go for it. <laughs> I think the I Mets are going to make the that. playoffs. I think they're going to get in uh, as a commissioner's pick, regardless <laughs> of standings, <laughs> right. for their good effort. Let's right. just take it one game like, at a time. Let's just have it. You guys tried hard. Out, it'll be know? like wild card just, night. It'll be like a Joey Styles. Oh, my God. <laughs> here are the Mets. Here they come. Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that, that was. That, yeah. Dude. Look who it is, Mickey Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to take it too, you know, we got to no. You know, yeah, I'm just, I'm worried. Here they come. Here yeah, they come. I'll see you jinxing. See, no, I'm I not. Love, dude, I want them to be relevant, you. dude. Honestly, I, I talk about the Mets every night on SMY. I'd like them to be relevant. Well, uh, even if they're not, even if they're not winning, play meaningful still games. Sto- there's always a story there. Yeah, with them. but no, always, I mean, after you know. if you're bad, no, I've listen. I've been there. They've had bad years where right, it's, right. you can't really when he when you get to mid August, has yeah, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, no, I know. you know you've squeezed the lemon. Uh, uh, it's a matter of where they go in the offseason. Then you, then it's on to football. So I want the Mets to be playing relevant games. Keep it. Make it eight in a row tonight. So you'll Pittsburgh. do the Joey Styles. You'll do the whole thing. You'll What's do that? the. You'll do the. You on S and Y. If they go and they win a, they win a. You'll do a Joey I'll Styles. Do a Joey oh my Styles. god! I will. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! A little low, but there it is. <laughs> That's the real dealio right that there. Is, yeah, Joey's Joey's well. That is, yeah. I love Joey's. That is great. I miss him. He listens to the show. I, I haven't talked him. to Joey in a while, but I um he he was listening to the show. Um, <laughs> but I haven't talked. 
A lot of people I used he to talk to. He still is. I don't talk we spoke on was, uh, Tuesday. Oh, no, he wouldn't even like No, he was like great. He was legendary. I, I don't, he I don't. So much. Yeah, she said he wouldn't like me. He wouldn't like you, no. <laughs> Trust me, he wouldn't like you. Yeah. He liked Moose. He wouldn't like you. That's fine. <laughs> Bogus, what do you got this morning? Oh, I got football. Oh, oh Football what was a game back last, last night. Oh. All the big names First, oh. on the field in Canton. First and goal from the three-yard line. Muhammad takes the handoff. Up the middle and into the end zone for a touchdown. Kalfani yeah. Muhammad with the first score of the season. Scott Graham on Westwood 1. Kalfani Muhammad, you remember him, 2017 seventh-round pick by the Titans. Of course. The Broncos paid that hefty price tag this winter to get him out of Tennessee, paying dividends immediately last night, while Falcons star QB Kurt Bankert Built a 10-7 fourth quarter lead, but backup Matt Schaub, that's a name you know. He got picked off, which has happened before. And then Amazing Schaub still in the NFL. (laughs) When I saw him, I was shocked. And, yeah, I was shocked. What was his numbers again? Andrew, would you just give his numbers? I didn't, no. Just his name. Good job. Through an interception, (laughs) which led to Bronco rookie Brett Rippon throwing a 15-yard TD to Juwan Winfrey for a 14-10 Denver win. Broncos head coach Vic Fangio there to enjoy it despite still needing to pass a kidney stone. Fangio ah. <laughs> ah. spent most of the day that in doesn't a sound like passing Cleveland area hospital. <laughs> that sounds different than passing a kidney stone. Only right get there. in the stadium about two hours before kickoff. Chargers what running What site back. did we go to get that one? That's from oh, Family Lord. Guy, and he's injured. I don't know what you're talking about. It's Peter Griffin holding his foot. Uh, it doesn't sound too. like that. I don't know what you're doing Play tonight, Moose. Play that again. Let me. Ah. <laughs> I can show you the video. He's hurt. It's a bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's a repetitive yeah, thing. It's it's a bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of lean him with Moose a little bit. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Sounds that. a little odd. Well, that's, that's your that's fault, guys. If you guys are pigs, that's, that's your no. fault. Whoa, 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 wait pig. a second. I said it. If you use your imagination, that doesn't sound like a guy I that just sprained it. his ankle. And I'm not going, ah! Oh. <laughs> 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 Listen, you can take it up with Seth McFarlane <laughs> and the Family Guy the way, creative team. But that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> Real quick, if you go back to talk, he was, you guys were just talking, well, Andrew was talking about uh, Schwab. Uh, Schwab, I mean, Matt stop, stop, Sob, Schwab. It doesn't right. matter. Right, QB Jones with the Falcons. Right, exactly. You know, so the kid that's behind him, the kid who's trying to get the backup spot, Eric Selbert, he broke all of the records that all of, uh, 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 what's his name, Sob's record, Schwab's record. This is, going well. yeah. times. this is going really well. <laughs> At Virginia. No, he did. He broke oh. all his records there. Nice. So now he's got, now Schwab has this guy on his tail, this kid on his tail. Imagine you're on a team like, all right. Uh, and then you hear this kid just came in that broke all my records when I was a Cavalier. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, Schwab. Would it got sound like this? Ah! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> 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 no? No. Chargers yeah, running back. Matt Mel- Schaub hops in his Lamborghini. He says, I'll see you later, kid. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Want to get this Congrats. washed for me? Yeah. You watch my Ferrari? Congrats. Congrats <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the UVA. Uh, yeah, you right, want to exactly. sleep in my basement? <laughs> right, exactly. Happy for the record book, by the yeah, way. Good I'm, job on that. I'm worth $65 million. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't taken an important snap in a decade. <laughs> Just sitting back here holding the clipboard. Right, Best exactly. thing I did was get hit in practice today right. by a backup right. linebacker. Exactly right. <laughs> Right.
That's messed I'm up. happy holding on to that clipboard. <laughs> uh, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon requested a trade last week. Still unhappy with the team's standing offer of 10 mil annually in an extension. GM Tom Telesco did not give agent Demarius Bilbo permission to find one of those trades. All-Pro center Ryan Khalil's retirement didn't even last till week one. The former Panther is back, signing with the Jets who needed a quality center for second-year QB Sam Darnold. The St. Louis Cardinals, again alone atop the NL Central, thumping the Cubs last night, 8-zip. Jack Flaherty and two relievers combining on a one-hitter. Chicago starter John Lester said post-game, Flaherty really shoved it up our... Ah! Ah! The Braves, meanwhile, beat the Reds last night 4-1 in a game called after six because of rain, and the Dodgers dumped the Padres 8-2. Houston winning in Cleveland 7-1. Tampa Bay a 9-4 victory at Fenway. That's a three-game sweep for the Rays. Veteran forward Patrick Patterson is getting bought out in Oklahoma City. He's expected to join the Clippers as soon as possible, and the IBF has stripped Canelo Alvarez of his middleweight belt for failing to schedule a bout. Promoter Oscar De La Hoya is angry ripped the decision in a statement last night saying they were trying to finalize a fight with Sergei Derevyanchenko, but his camp apparently was never serious about that fight, and now Canelo loses his belt. Guys, back to you. All right, thank you, Andrew. Here we go, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Melvin Gordon officially requests trade from Chargers. Uh, he does, and this comes down reportedly yesterday. Uh, we talked about the comments by quarterback Phillip Rivers, basically saying, we good, uh, in reference to the holdout by Gordon. Uh, the Chargers are offering $10 million a year. Now, Chargers have not given his agent, Bilbo, uh, an opportunity or the permission to seek a trade or seek a trade partner here, Taz. So we've got a ways to go here in this storyline, but... You know, Gordon in his last really three years, four years as a pro in the fifth year option due to make $5.6 million upcoming year. He scored 38 touchdowns. He's only ran for over a thousand yards once, uh, but they use him, you know, in, in, in accordance with other running backs on that team as well. It's not kind of like the, you know, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders model where he's getting the ball, you know, 30 touches in a game. That's not happening. Good receiver coming out of the backfield. The charges that they want to win a Super Bowl this year. They need Melvin Gordon. Uh, yes, sir. They really do. And the thing is, you know, I, I mean, it, it, I feel like this story about Melvin Gordon and his contract situation that he, you know, he wants to get paid and he wants, you know, all this stuff. I, I feel like this thing has really built a lot of momentum every day. We get off the air, air here at 9 a.m. Eastern every day. This week, it seems like there's a new little wrinkle in the Los Angeles charges. Melvin Gordon topic, and I got a funny feeling. Yeah, you he, think he's gonna be traded? Yeah, I think he's gonna be traded. And okay. I, I got a feeling that just, and I, I told you, I heard, I heard Anthony Lynn say the head coach of the Chargers basically say, you know, hey man, and he was a former running back, you know, and I know he's the head coach, he's a company man, I get it, but he basically was saying, you know, as far as the depth they have at running back, he started speaking super highly of Justin Jackson, obviously Austin Eckler, as, as, as who was the backup last year, was a really good player. Um, uh, Newsom he spoke of. He's speaking of all these guys that they're really, you know, playing well right now in, in camp at, at that halfback, at that running back spot. So, man, and you heard the comments, and we talked about it. I'm sure you're going to mention it again right here about Phillip Rivers 
And, you know, right, that's catching a lot of steam that he's really not supporting Melvin Gordon. I don't know, dude. I, I feel like this guy's going to be going to be up for trade. Yeah, and, you might and, be you know. right. Um, Chargers aren't going to be better for it, though. Uh, I all agree. All due respect to I Jackson agree. and Eckler and other guys in that room and the comments by Rivers not exactly star, uh, supporting his star running back and his contract demands, um, Taz. Uh, the, the Chargers are going to be worse for the wear. They need Melvin Gordon uh, on the field. He, talent's talent, and ta- Melvin Gordon's more talent than anybody else they have in that running back room. So that's going to be a problem here right. for the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll see if he does get traded uh, or if the Chargers come off that offer of $10 million a year for Melvin Gordon because that's not good right. enough for no. him at no. this stage. He wants more money. We'll find out exactly when. Uh, and what the next twist and turn in this story is. All right, next. Number two. Reviewable pass interference makes its long-awaited debut. Yeah, I saw it last night, Taz. Yeah, me too. Um, yep. you know, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 mean, I think it has a chance to be very annoying in the regular season. Ah, uh, you know, I think you're right. After how we saw that, what happened towards the end of that and that massive play in the NFC Championship with the Saints and the Rams, you know, and it's like, you know, did the wrong team go to the Super Bowl? Should it have been the Saints? You know, I kind of was all in, but that, but I'm with you. After seeing this yesterday, it was a little annoying, and, I, you know, I know they're going to test it out this year. It's the first one we saw. Yeah, you know, from Fangio. Fangio right? to you know, put the challenge out there and all that. I don't know, man. I'm kind of with you. Like, this is going to be a pain in the rear. Well, I just wonder if it hurts the rhythm of the game, Taz. Um, you know, you, you see it. Um, you know, it, now they did not overturn the call on the field because when you look at it, technically, I, I, it was a ticky-tack call. Yeah. But by the letter of the law, it was pass interference. Yeah. It was past five yards. The ball was up in the air, and the defensive back had his hands on the on the shoulder pads, on at least one of the shoulder pads. Interfering with his route running, so yeah. they they called it the way that it was on the field. Maybe Fangio wanted to be the first one to be that guy. Yeah, since he's stone. trying to pa- pass a what is <laughs> a it? kidney stone. Kidney stone. Yeah, not gas. He wasn't trying to. Pass no, I know, not gas. Kidney, kidney stone. stone. Yeah. He must have been on some pain meds. Last he time. had to be, dude. And you know, he I mean, looked, pretty, looked pretty I good, mean, guys are tough, be. but I mean, you're trying to pass a kidney stone and you're coaching a game. Yeah, and you know, because the thing is, you're, you're kind of trapped on that sideline. You know, you can't. Where to go? Did he go up in the booth? I heard them talking before the game that he was going to go up in the booth. I, I, I don't know if he, I guess he stayed on the sideline. But, yeah, no, it's like there's, there's nowhere to go. You, you're trapped there. You get the kidney stone issue. It's like it comes out. And, oh, and then you move on with oh, your day. It's disgusting. I mean, really. Like, I, yeah, I'm still stuck on the kidney stone. I got you. Well, yeah. you got the first one. It was a historic night in Canton, Ohio last oh, yeah. night. It's amazing. The first preseason game. Absolutely. All right, next. Number three. Falcons want to make Julio Jones NFL's highest paid wide receiver. Yeah, it's interesting, Taz, because I, I think about Julio Jones a year ago. Remember we had this discussion and Julio Jones played ball with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. Played the good soldier, played the good camper, went to camp. They they gave him a little bit of an added bonus for a restructure last year, but didn't go over the top. And the Atlanta Falcons understand what they have in the asset in Julio Jones. We know the deal that Mike Thomas has gotten other star receivers, whether it be Mike Thomas, whether it be Odell Beckham Jr., whether it be Mike Evans, go up and down the line. And the Atlanta Falcons will reward a guy that's been really productive and have made no bones about it that they want to make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL, that they're appreciative of what he's done for their organization. Good for them. Well, listen, I'm not a stats guy. I just play one on the radio. But I'll tell you, he was number one last year in receiving uh, yards uh, in the NFL, number one wide receiver. You know, he had uh, over 1,600 yards, 1,677 to be exact with eight TDs. 
Look, he's the man. He's a physical, just a, a beast. Like his physicality and his muscularity, his speed, his, the size of this guy's hands, the way he plays. He's just, he's, he's an animal. And I, I, you, look, pay him whatever you got to pay. Do whatever you want to do with him. He's the man. He's just, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the man. I don't know. He really, there's not enough adjectives to put this guy over. No, he's great. Star. He's awesome. He's great. And he's going to get a, a contract, a new shiny contract, and uh, and it's all well-deserved for one of the elite players in the National Football League, regardless of position. So there you have it. Your three big storylines here. Uh, Melvin Gordon requesting a trade uh, from the Los Angeles Chargers. First replay challenge of pass interference last night in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, between the uh, the Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. And then Julio Jones, the Atlanta Falcons organization, wants to make him the highest-paid receiver in the National Football League. We'll come back. we got the undercard for you. It's Taz and Moose on a busy Friday morning, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, time now to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from uh, Dan out in San Diego. Wonder what uniform Melvin Gordon will be wearing this season. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting us at cbssportsradio.com using the hashtag mm. uh, askthepros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. Uh, I'm still going to say he's wearing a Charger uniform. Not me. I'm hoping it's a red, white, and blue uniform. Um, Go not that one. Uh, the one up in Buffalo near Canada. Another running yeah, back? another running back. We we got the two old guys. We got Gore, who's 106 years old, right? So we, you know, so and you've got Shady. Shady, who's, who gets hurt on if, if he w- runs near a defensive lineman, he gets injured. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we could use a young guy. He's not going to go to the Bills. I know that. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't think he's going to be a Charger, though. I don't. Uh, I'm hoping he goes to the Bills if he does get traded, but I I, I don't know I don't know um hmm. I don't know where problem he would end with up. him a problem for Gordon is a lot of these guys a lot of these teams have used up a you know a lot of their cap space to afford a, a yeah. running back at at what is going to be his level mm. and you're right and and the Chargers know that you know and they know that they know they have the leverage right now too so yeah you know, to the, to your point about the money end of yeah things. it might be in a tough spot it might be in a tough spot and I mean, it'll be interesting to see it is and dude most teams are kind of set. Where they are right now at running back. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to think what team would need a running back. A, a big name run. Maybe maybe the Bears. Maybe I mean, who they got? They got Davis. Who are they from? Uh, Seattle? they got rid they of. Got, yeah, I mean they they Tariq went. Cohen they got right. They got rid of Howard, who's now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mean. So maybe maybe the Bears. If I'm going to answer, uh, yeah, there you, know, you go. Uh, Dance the question Bears. in San Diego. The Bears. All there right. you go. Very That's nice. it. Nailed right. it. Uh, thank you, Danny, for checking in. We appreciate it. Have yourself a good weekend. Let's head out to uh, the undercard, shall we? Let's go. Taz and the Moose present the undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, James, what do we got, bud? 
Uh, one story that we didn't get to that I put in the rundown, Big Ben says things are returning to normalcy at Steelers camp, and then I put in parentheses, until he throws someone under the bus again. Mm. You guys' thoughts on that? Well, he's saying, you know, there's no more drama, right? So it's kind of normal, it's quiet, it's football, it's not dealing with a holdout with Le'Veon Bell, it's not dealing with, uh, you know, Antonio Brown and what he showed up into camp with, whether it be a helicopter, stagecoach, whatever it might be. Um, you know what I mean. Um, and I give Brown credit. He's very creative. And oh, anybody no, sure that tries to copy him, yeah. as we saw with uh, Ramsey, uh, Ramsey down in Jacksonville, the, the, it's an absolute horrible. disaster. Brinks, Don't get that money, money, yeah, money, money. The Brinks truck, was it was suckage. Yay, uh, Jalen. Yeah, Jalen, way to go. Meanwhile. AB coming in, he's coming in with a helicopter. Right. Uh, yeah. Now I, I got to be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards Roethlisberger in this. I don't think I don't think there's gonna be any drama. I don't think he's gonna throw anybody under the bus. I do think that both those uh, the other two uh, thirds of the killer bees there, Bell and Brown, um, and and obviously Big Ben. It just got to a point, you know. It's just boiled over. Yeah, it's just going to be weird. It's yeah. going to be weird seeing Bell in a jet uniform. It will be. Uh, on, uh, for official, it's going to be weird seeing the Brown in the, uh, in the radio I, 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 uniform. I, I tell you, silver and gold. Former, silver and black. Silver and black. As a former Jet fan, it's going to be weird for me to see a guy that was such a dominant running back against the Jets yeah. you know, when he played for the Steelers or with Bell. Uh, that, that's going to be odd for me. It's going to be strange. You know, but as a Bills fan, I hope they just beat each other's head it's in in a nice way i mean right in the most positive way possible right all right next (laughs) moving on andy reed thinks don mcnab is a hall of famer i think he's close is he biased is andy reed a little bit biased well i'm sure he is but mcnab had a really good career taz he gets knocked for the way it didn't end well in washington didn't end well in minnesota he hung around for probably a little bit too long uh, you know, the stories of him getting sick during the Super Bowl against the Patriots doesn't do him any due diligence, any justice. I mean, the best player on the field that day was Terrell Owens coming off that ankle injury, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that horse collar tackle uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, in which then that they got rid of horse collar tackles in the National Football League after that injury. Um, I think he's. I think he had a really good career. I don't know career. if I, you know, he went to a lot of championship games, a lot of failures in those championship games. I don't know though if I if I look at Donovan McNabb and say for sure that he is a definitive and definite. Yeah, all I'm with you on that. It's a, this is a tough one. It's a t- and I, I I mean look, 234 touchdowns he had in his career. You know what I mean? Uh, threw for over 37,000 yards. Did you go to? Uh, were you at Cuse with him? Was I was. He, yeah. Did you know him or did you run into I, him? I just a couple times. I didn't yeah. know him well. No. I'm not was he like that? Everybody knew like he was big man on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Yeah, he drove. Uh, I think an Escalade. Oh, nice. Personalized license plate. Oh, really? Most yes. college students have that. <laughs> I swear to you, man. I was like, really? Oh, yes, I swear to you. It was, uh, it was uh, Forest Green. I remember. Really? Yes. Tremendous. It was very. Is that you know? I'm like a 19, 20 year old kid. I'm driving the you know, up Dodge Dart. Right. I'm, right, yeah. I'm driving right. with a college kid. I'm driving my driving, dad's yeah. old Volvo oh, that's got about ninety thousand miles on it, a hundred thousand miles You're on it. You're praying it's right? starting right. in a cold and cute. Dude, up, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know what I'm talking about. Walking out of walking out of a college bar, and you see basically a freshly waxed, you know, uh, at green that Escalade, green Escalade with you know, and I remember his plate. I won't say it on the air, yeah, but yeah, I remember yeah. his That's plate. Funny. It was a That's personalized plate with him and his number. That's tremendous. Oh wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, anyway, and walking out with a very attractive woman at the time. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So he was big man on campus. Yes, he was. Okay. If you want to ask the question, yes, it was Donovan McNabb big man on campus? Yes, he was. He was the big, big man. orange yes. man. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, look, he, he I, 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 man, he's, 
Is he? If, look, if he was going in the Hall of Fame, I think would he's I short complain? Of the Hall of Fame. I, I wouldn't. Gonna... I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain about if he was going in. Would you? Would you no, I wouldn't complain about. No, I wouldn't complain. Taz, but I look at guys and say, are they? All, do I look at Donovan McNabb and say, you know, was that a Hall of Fame quarterback? I, I guess I. I don't. But it, it based on today's standards, when you look at it, where sometimes guys that get in that they're, you know, he's not. He's not Dan Marino. He's not John Elway. Yeah. You know, he's not Johnny Unitas. He, no, he's not, no, you know, no, he didn't win that. like Troy Aikman won. I mean, you go no. up and down the line. He's not he's not Drew Brees. He's not Tom Brady. I, there has to be a line here where you draw. But if one day he gets into the Hall of Fame, I guess I could see it. Yeah, if he, if it happened, I mean, to me, I wouldn't. Like I said, I wouldn't be. I mean, look, in his career, Dan Marino had over 61,000 oh yards. And he had 420 touchdowns. Where McNabb had half of all that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know who played? Well, they both played. How long did they? They both played a good amount of time, right? I mean, yeah, they, they both, did. I know they, Marino did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So ah, whatever. Well, well, it's, well, it's, the weekend's here now, Moose. That's well, Taz, you're off next week. Yeah, have a great vacation. Yeah, I will. I'll all just right, relax well in the yard. No, well deserved vacation. Yeah. Enjoy it, you and your family. Have a great time. You will be missed. All right. Well, of course, and just make sure you promote the Taz show while I'm gone. I will. We're going to change all the opens. Sanji put together a new rap. <laughs> no, have a great vacation, right, I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, James, Billy, fantastic job Thank across the way. Uh, Andrew with the updates as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Till Monday. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.